0: Hello, and welcome to the Pondering Theologian podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. So today I want to explore something that a friend of mine who listens to the podcast brought up in response to the episode called Lent Ain't a Walk in the Park. Uh, That episode came from a sermon inspired by Luke chapter 13, uh, verses 31 through 35 where some Pharisees warn Jesus to leave because Herod wants to kill him. And Jesus responds to tell that fox, I have work to do. In that episode, I explore what it meant to to, uh, to call Herod a fox, and I speculated that those Pharisees were probably coming in ill intent or selfish intent to drive Jesus away. I still hold that it is possible that that is the case, but my friend posed the counterposition that the Pharisees were actually warning Jesus because they cared and respected Jesus and wanted him to live. So for today's episode, I want—I thought we would dig deeper into who the Pharisees are and the predominant assumption amongst many, which is that they are bad people. Uh, I personally, outside of seminary, have not always heard good things spoken about the Pharisees. I actually do not think that prior to high school, I realized that there was good interactions with the Pharisees that Jesus had. Uh, Consider the latest episode I put up. Um, One came to Jesus in Mark 12, starting in verse 28, and through that interaction, Jesus ends with saying that Pharisee is not far from the kingdom of heaven. In John chapter 3, where we get one of the most famous and quoted Bible verses know, John 3.16, Jesus is meeting with a Pharisee named Nicodemus, uh, who Jesus has a good interaction with and leaves those of us uh, to read that it is a positive interaction with a Pharisee. So I was intrigued and inspired by my friend, like I said, to dig a little deeper into this thought about our perceptions of the Pharisees and see if perhaps, generally, uh, we're being a bit harsh. Um, I think the first major thing to understand is context. What is the context that these interactions are happening in? Uh, for the most part, Jesus has interactions with two groups of Pharisees, if you will, those outside of Jerusalem and those inside Jerusalem. Um, those negative interactions and where our harshest perceptions probably come from are in the context of those Pharisees connected to that, to Jerusalem. Not all, um, but for today's thought experiment we're trying to explore the general concept and contexts of Jesus' interactions. Uh, There is this prominent idea that Jesus is universally disliked, let's say, by the the group of people called Pharisees. Um, But according to Helen Bond, a professor of Christian origins at Edinburgh University, uh, Pharisees were actually well-liked and respected by the Jewish people. Uh, She wrote a book, Jesus, a very brief history, Uh, and in it she says they are uh, there were pious Jews who aimed to adhere as closely as possible to the written law laid down in Jewish scri- Jewish scriptures and their oral traditions. Uh, they were devoted to the accurate exposition of scripture and often engaged in heated debates with their opponents, of course, you know, Jesus was one of them, and with each other. They were particularly interested in purity and separated themselves from others who didn't share the same devotion. So let's consider that for a moment. The Pharisees, outside of Jerusalem in general, were a group trying to keep the Jewish people centered in their faith and as faithful as possible, um, You know, follow the laws and life and into the identity that they had in God and as the people of God set apart to be. In another episode, we will explore the identity of the Israelites and what they were given and lived into in the First Testament. But for now, understand that God worked in the people of Israel to become examples and shaped them to be that for the world. So the Pharisees were out here trying to keep the laws and the guidance of God, in the first testament witness, to the best of their abilities. In that, as we explored in the latest episode, much of what Jesus was doing was trying to bring attention to God and to return people back to God and God's ways. Jesus um, said in Matthew 517, he did not come to destroy or do away with the law but to fulfill them. That is in response to the Requirements for sacrifices and sin, um, and those sort of things more specifically. And as we talked about in the latest episode, he restated the importance of things like the greatest commandments, which came from Deuteronomy and Leviticus. They were not new laws of God. Jesus just pointed to them as the most important of God's communication and requirements from us. Uh, but let's shift to those Pharisees from Jerusalem. Those in Jerusalem were the religious elite, they were the top of the food chain, uh, and the big honcho so to speak. For the most part, the negative interactions come from them, but even then there is some more context to keep in mind. Consider when Jesus ate with the tax collectors and sinners, uh, we consider this, uh, is Jesus acting in love and meeting people where they are. Jesus said, you know, the first will be last, uh, talking about the rich and pious peoples, and the last will be first, meaning those who were lower, uh, lowest in society, and they were the, the sinners and tax collectors um, where they fell. Uh, in general, Christian views this, v- Christians view this as uplifting and hopeful and a reminder uh, that Jesus was doing great work. And it's a motivation for us, you know, to, to get out and be every, uh, be everywhere the witness of Jesus, something for us to imitate. Um, Helen Bond, in that book I mentioned said, from the Pharisees' perspective, however, such meals only underscore Jesus' naivety. What was the point of living a righteous life if tax collectors and sinners were to be the first in the kingdom of God? Why should anyone believe in their repentance? And could a man who promoted such undesirables really claim to speak for God? So this again leads into that whole perspective and context thing. I think it's quite probable that those Pharisees who were even the elitist class in Jerusalem for the most part had clouded judgment and minds, so they were not going to be very receptive to Jesus shaking things up and challenging them. And of course, there were some who were corrupt, you know, self-righteous and hypocrites. But let's dig a little, a little more deeper. Why else was Jesus disliked by the Pharisees, or why were they hostile towards him? And I'd say it's probable, uh, possible that there are three, three-ish uh, motivating factors. The um, First one being that they were jealous, jealous of Jesus. Jesus was quite popular amongst the normal quote-unquote people. He attracted great crowds and there was a great amount of interest in what Jesus had to say about God. For some, this might have been the driving interest that they had in observing and learning about their faith. The Pharisees were the ones who had devoted their lives to teaching and leading from the scriptures. They had been there the whole time while Jesus was doing active earthly ministry across just a few years. Uh, That would have been disruptive and drastic in that religious atmosphere. The second factor to consider is that for those elite, those who had the power and had let their judgment become clouded, they were exposed by Jesus. They were condemned for blatant hypocrisy, you know, in Matthew 23. They placed their human traditions and customs ahead of Scripture in in violation of them, Matthew 15. They were self-righteous, you know, Luke. Luke 18, they served God for human praise and recognition. Matthew 6, they were condemned for their failure to uh, uh, to recognize truth. In Matthew 21, uh, verse 27, uh, Pharisees also wielded their power to hinder the faith of others. Um, John 12, 42, where I'm getting that. Um, far from being condemned for obeying the law too closely, they were actually called by Jesus for not obeying the law correctly. A part of his condemnation was due to the fact they had chosen to ignore certain areas of the law. Um, I think in Matthew 23, it's justice, mercy, and faith that he's referring to. Jesus considered every part of the law to be important. Again, he, he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And all of the law is important. And that's where we run into Jesus calling them hypocrites when we think of tithing. You know, he said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Um, I don't know about you, but if I was exposed for doing wrong or called out for what I did not recognize anymore as something wrong, I would not necessarily respond favorably. And the third factor is quite possibly fear based. Think of the world that the Jews lived in at that time. It was a Roman occupation. Uh, The Romans were not very kind to groups that revolted or pushed back against Roman power present in the world at that time. Um, I mean, if you Want a better idea of what the Romans did, consider looking at the Jewish revolt. Um, you know, there's the Second dist- uh, Temple Destruction Period, uh, the Three Servile Wars. If you're really intrigued, there's an old journal article I read uh, in the past called Native Revolts in the Roman Empire by S- uh, Stefan Dyson. It's from like the 70s, but it had really good info um, if you're curious. Um, I'm sure there's more out there if you look it up today, but the point is that the Romans response to any kind of revolt or grouping of people that might be perceived as riling the locals up and rising against Rome was not welcomed and could bring down the hand of Rome to even more occupation presence, including up to destruction of life and stripping away of the religious freedom that the Jews had, which was very limited compared to what it was say in the old testament during the reign of like, king david so there's a lot going on within the context of jesus ministry on earth and this interaction with the pharisees and i think there's always it's always there's more we could say um i'm gonna call it there for today uh, there's a there's a lot to consider, and I'd ask you, you know, does this change your perspective on the Pharisees? Does this open the scriptures in a different way for you when you look at Jesus' interactions? I know, since I've been in seminary for a couple years, um, I don't quite view any of Jesus' interactions in the Bible. The same anymore. And even with this challenge by my friend, it forced me to reconcile some things that were very rich interactions of Jesus with people that, you know, don't always have, hold a good context in the Western idea of who the Pharisees were. Uh, but when we think of, you know, the greatest commandment, that interaction, or with Nicodemus. These were people who just wanted to be the best they could could in keeping God's commandments and being as faithful as they could in that time. So I would love to hear what y'all think. Today's episode was entirely inspired by, you know, a listener's response to an episode. So I encourage and welcome you to reach out. You know, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Should I dig more into the history behind the Pharisees and what other peoples of the Bibles or uh, specific peoples of the Bible or the history of Christianity? You know, let me know. Uh, You could email me, ponderingtheologian at gmail.com or go to Instagram and interact with me over there at ponderingtheologian. I hope you're having a good day. Remember, God loves you. I'm praying for you. And we'll see you in the next episode.